All right, here we go. Verse 12. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Now, behold, somebody say there were two. Two of them were traveling that same to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. They talked together all these things about which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. I know I'm reading fast, but I got to catch you up. Here are two disciples. They're leaving Jerusalem, walking to Emmaus, and Jesus just rolls up and starts walking with them. But it says they could not recognize him because their eyes were blocked. Do you know Jesus can be with you and you not even know it? Do you know you can be walking with Jesus and feeling like you're all alone? He said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are saved? They were heartbroken. They had just watched the murder of their Savior. Then the one whose name was Cleopas. You know, this joker got beat up in middle school. Cleopas? Really? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in all of Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? They said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and they killed him. But we were hoping that he was the one. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. All our hopes. We're in him, and, and now he's gone. Not only is he gone, but indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Father God, we are, we're grateful. God, we're grateful for Friday that, that they call it Good Friday, but it wasn't good for you. But it was the day that you hung on that cross hung your head in death and we now know that that death brought us life because of your blood my sins are erased you said you've washed my sins with your blood and, and now I'm white as snow God thank you for Saturday they, they call it silent Saturday because it seems like nothing was going on I thank you for reminding us that in the silent moments of our lives, oftentimes, that's when you're working the most. And God, we thank you for Easter. We thank you for your resurrection. That because you live, God, we can have life and life more abundantly. Speak to us in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Look at somebody say, that was a good prayer. That was a good prayer. It was, uh, I worked on that prayer. <laughs> Y'all know I'm crazy. Question. Do, do you remember the days when the only place you could get your news was off of the television? Remember back in the day 
when you actually had to sit in front of a TV at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Some of y'all were morning people, 5 a.m. to see what the weather was going to be for that day. To see who won the election last night. That they took so long to count it. You fell asleep, so I'll figure it out in the morning. Or to see what was happening with this war. Do you remember the time when the only place you could get the news was either in a newspaper or sitting on TV with some anchor telling you, here's what just took. I remember, I remember, I, I was thinking as we were preparing this message, it was 21 years ago, 9-11. I think for our generation, that marked us. Like almost every single person remembers where they were on 9-11-2001. I remember sitting in front of that TV. I was at home and seeing that first plane go into the building and then the second one. And if we remember, they brought the engineer on the news and, oh, this building can never fall. And it's triple, you know, reinforced with steel. And he's bringing out all this engineering terms and and then that building goes down. I remember just the silence. The, the, the reporters didn't even know what to say. I remember my, hearing my parents in the other room calling all of our family members in New Jersey. Hey, did you go to work today? Were, 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 were you in the building? One of my uncles actually worked in that building, and he was stuck in traffic that day. Never been so grateful for traffic in his life. You, you, you remember when they elected the first black president? Remember seeing that on the news? I remember watching that speech like. <laughs> you would have thought my daddy got elected. I was like, oh, we made it. Man, y'all, y'all remember when they got Bin Laden? Y'all remember his walk when he came out that Oval Office was like, we got him. Seal Team 6 tonight took them out. I remember the days when, when all the news you got either came from print or came on a television. How many people know those are not the days we live in anymore? I, I, I did some research because it's Easter, and Easter you're supposed to do research because you're supposed to sound edumacated. So I'm trying to sound as edumacated as I could this Easter, and I Googled it. That's what all the research that I did, but... Pew Research says that today, 86% of people get their news from this. Come on now. The 14 percenters are saying, no, I don't do with that tickety-talk and that Instagram. No, I'm still watching the news and reading my paper. Because of this, there's a bunch of unemployed paper boys around the world. <laughs> Save the trees. Keep your paper. No, no, no. It, it, it literally is within seconds of something happening, it pops up here. I wasn't even watching the Oscars. The smack heard across the world. And I thought what you thought. Oh, that's fake. They staged that. And I don't know who it was, but one of you people posted the Australian version. The one, you know, that one that wasn't censored. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. Keep, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that was real. That was, that was real. <laughs> Within seconds of it happening. Remember a few years back when Kobe and his daughter and the rest of those people in the helicopter passed away. I didn't find out watching TV. I f Popped up right on my, Within seconds, news is right to you. Some of y'all are on the news right now. Can you put your phone away and listen to this message? I worked all week on this. 
What, what you may not know is the news that pops up on your phone is not random. The, the, the news that pops up on your phone actually doesn't pop up in the order that it took place. Because there's this little demonic spirit called an algorithm. 86% know about the algorithm. What's an algorithm? An algorithm is literally just a computer that's watching you. Are they watching me? Yes, they are absolutely watching you. And here's what they're watching. They're watching what you click on. They're watching what news articles you read and which ones you skip past. They're watching what videos you watch and how long you watch them. And, and here's what happens. Some of y'all ain't never going to use your phone again. I didn't know they watched me. Is that really what's happened yet? Yeah, they've been watching you. It's too late, though. They already know. <laughs> what they're watching is to see what you're interested in. And based on what you're interested in, they now curate your feed to make sure that you get more of what you click on. So I was preparing this message. I thought this could get a lot of people in trouble. I could tell a lot about you just by taking your phone, scrolling through your... Somebody said, Pastor, that's not what I came here for today. That's... I came here, a little story about little Jesus that got up from the grave, the women saw first, and then it went, no, 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 I can tell a lot about you by your phone. Just scrolling through and, oh, look at all these cooking accounts. What, you can't cook? <laughs> Some of y'all grab your phone and it's nothing but workout videos. What is it about a workout video that even if you don't work out, Watching somebody else sweat makes you feel like you did something. <laughs> like, bro, I'm tired just looking at this. My gosh, 15 pull-ups, that's a lot. All right, I'll check it out tomorrow. <laughs> I was talking to my wife this week. I said, babe, I'm tired of preaching. She's like, you're a preacher. That don't even make sense. I know, but because I'm a preacher, I follow preachers. And all I have on my phone is preacher, 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 preacher. I'm just like, good Mm. Like, is that what they feel like when they, my, my clips pop up? It's like, this guy. <laughs> but you can tell what you like by what's on your feed because it's what you've been clicking over and over and over again, and they send you what you want to see. Now, what you may not know is they don't just send you what you want to see. They send you what they want you to see. So as you're scrolling through the news feed, you're going to see something that you don't care about, but they want you to care about. Because you're throwing, scrolling through your tickety-tock or your Instagram or whatever it may be. You know they said if you were born in the 90s, you're too old for TikTok? What has the world come to? First of all, I don't even respect people born in the 90s. Like... Pastor, you realize 40% of your church was born in the 90s. I said what I said. But they'll throw in your feed what they want you to see. And what you see is not always in the order that it took place. And what a lot of people know is there's CNN and Fox News and MSNBC. and There's Bloomberg and reputable news stations that are on your feed. But there's also 
Uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Shade room. Shade room is reputable, Pastor. I don't care what you say. They keep it more real than anybody else. There's TMZ and that person's wedding feed and this and that. And there's all these sources that, that it may or may not be true. You're so used to fake news popping up on your feed that as soon as you see it, you look at the source before you read the information. Because based on who the source is, based on if you're going to believe it or not. Elon Musk buying Twitter, that's fake. He is. Could it be that we filter our feed more than we filter our thoughts? Could it be that if it pops up on our phone, we don't take it as gospel? But if it pops up in our mind and we have emotions and feeling behind it, it must be true. I want to preach a message today called, Is It Gossip or Gospel? Because you see, in Luke chapter 24, you had two disciples, one named Cleopas, and the Bible doesn't tell us who the second disciple was. And because the Bible didn't tell us who the second disciple was, we are assuming that it was Cleopas's wife. Bible days wasn't that kind of women. It was a little rough back then. This is, this is, I don't know why, because Jesus loved women. Jesus spoke to them. Jesus revealed himself to the women before he revealed himself to anybody else. But society hadn't caught up with where Jesus was. So let's just say it was Cleopas and his wife, Miss Cleo, and they're Only my 90s babies got that one. <laughs> Call him <a> now. <laughs> and they had heard information that the one that they had been following for years, the one that they had put all their hopes and dreams in, their Savior, their Messiah, had been murdered. They took him off the cross and they put him in a tomb. And they waited to see if he would really get up. I mean, he's the one that looked at dead people and brought them back. He looked at a man that was so overcome by demons that he was cutting his body with rocks. And Jesus set him free. I mean, he knew how to party. He looked at water. That's my kind of savior, by the way. Surely a few soldiers couldn't take his life. Friday turned into Saturday. Saturday turned into Sunday. And then they get this report on their feed that the women had gone to the tomb and they didn't find him. All they found is some weird dude with some wings sitting on a stone talking about why are you looking for the living among the dead? They had heard that Peter didn't believe the women, so he ran to the tomb, stuck his head in the tomb, and he didn't find anything but some cloth that was folded. And while all the disciples were huddled up in a room trying to figure out what they were doing next, Cleopas and Ms. Cleo said, I ain't sticking around for this foolishness. I'm going back home. And they started making the march seven miles back to Emmaus, where evidently they were from. Three quick thoughts over this four-hour message that I'm going to preach to you. <laughs> Seven people just ran for the door. I'm joking. It's only two hours. Okay. 
Hey, can you write this down? Grab, grab your phone, grab a note, grab something, write this down. My source determines my destination. My source determines my destination. The destination of your life is dictated by the source of your news. The destination of your life is not dependent upon your willpower. It's not dependent on your education or your degree. It's not based on who your mama is, who your daddy is, or who you know. The destination of your life is based on your news source. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people think that the Bible's boring. And, and I, I know I'm supposed to be a pastor, I'm supposed to be nice, but God didn't make me that way. If, if you think the Bible's boring, hear me, you're reading it wrong. The Bible's not boring, you're boring, that's why it's boring. The Bible is hilarious. Here's Cleopas, it's Cleo walking. And the Bible says that Jesus just rolls up on them and starts walking with them. They're heartbroken, they're sad, they're, they're talking about, I can't believe that they, they beat him and they didn't have to put the crown of thorns on him and, and to hang him on a tree naked like a common criminal. How, how humiliating. And Jesus rolls up and his first words are, what y'all talking about? Flowers, help me. Come on, BWL, help me. Somebody say, Jesus. Jesus. King of kings, Jesus. Lord of lords, Lord of Lord. bread of life, bread of life. Living, water. living water. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, y'all did good. Normally y'all don't stick with me that long. Come on now. Do you really think he didn't know what they were talking about? By the way, if he ever asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because you don't know the answer. He said, what are y'all talking about? And the ignorance, it had to be Miss Cleo, I promise you. She looks at him and she says, are you the only person in all of Jerusalem that does not know what is going on in this city? The Bible doesn't say this, just Stephen added. I feel like she was like, where have you been these last three days? Well, I went to hell, snatched the keys of hell, death, and the grave from Satan. Then I had to rush back here to roll the stone away so the women could see I wasn't in there. Then I was about to leave, but then Mary Magdalene said, Rabboni, so I had to reveal myself to her and say, don't touch this, dun, 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 because I haven't been to the Father yet. Then I went up to heaven, told my daddy I did everything you want me to do. Now I'm catching up with you people. That's where I've been the last three days. They said, how do you not know? Have you not heard? That he was a prophet, he healed, he delivered, he cast out demons, he was good, but then they killed him. And we were hoping that he would be the one. Hear me, the direction of your life is based on your news source. So this really skinny pastor in really bright clothes has a really ignorant question to ask you. Where's your life headed? I mean, it's Easter, y'all. We're going to shoot straight today. Is that all right? Where's your life headed? Is it headed in a direction that says that you know that the one who's walking with you has all the power in the world and nothing formed against you to stop you can prosper you? 
Is it headed in a direction that you know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Is it headed in a direction where you understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that there's purpose on your life, that there's destiny on your life, that there's a calling on your life? Is it headed in the direction of the supernatural? Or is your life headed back to Emmaus? What's, what's Emmaus? How, how do I know of my life? Here's what Emmaus represents. It represents what you can control. Emmaus represents what's comfortable, what's familiar, what's within predictability. And he, hey, if this is your first time in church, we're so honored. We're so grateful that you're here. It's going to be a great time. But if you don't mind, I want to preach just for two seconds to your super spiritual auntie. <laughs> That thought today was all about you getting saved. Believer who's been saved for longer than I've been alive. And you keep reminding me every time you see me in the lobby. Is your life heading in a direction where you can control everything, where it's predictable, where nothing's going to catch you off guard because you planned it, you saw it coming, and you're prepared for it? Or is it heading in the direction of exceeding and abundantly above all that I could ever ask, think, or imagine? Because one direction is based on the new source that I'm all I have. The other direction is based on the news source that he has risen. He has risen indeed. And if death could not defeat him, surely an unpredictable economy can't defeat him. Surely some world plague can't defeat him. Surely some war that we don't know is it World War III or will it stay up? It's amazing how we, we, we know that he's alive, but based on how we make the decisions in our life, we act like he's still dead. Wow. How, how, how do I know the direction of my life? It, you, you would not believe how many people stick their head out to take a step of faith. And then like Cleo and Cleopas, the second it doesn't turn out the way you thought it was, you're like, nope, don't want no part of this. Huh? I can't tell you how many single people I talk to. Let's see what this dating scene looks like. Oh, it's ghetto out there. I ain't got no time. I'm, just... <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna go back here, get me another degree, because I don't got time for them people. Come on now. Let me let me get out here and try to start my own business. Everybody out here, uh, entrepreneur and influencer and all that. I'll get my piece of the pile. When are you going to start your business? March 15th, 2020. Bad timing. All right, let me, let me go right back to this cubicle. At least that paycheck shows up on time. First and... You see, it's real easy to make fun of people in the Bible for their lack of faith. But so often, we're running to what is safe and familiar... Because truth be told, we feel like Jesus has let us down. How do I know when I'm heading to Emmaus? When everything that represents the power of God is in my rearview mirror and I'm heading in the opposite direction. Here's the It says that Emmaus was away from Jerusalem. Where do they say the Messiah would be revealed? Where do they say there'd be the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? 
Where did Jesus say to wait until I tell you what your purpose is and I empower you to do it? And Cleo and Cleopas said, I'm not waiting for God. I'm going to what I can control. You know you've believed a lie. Can I just talk real plain? When the church is the last place you want to be. Dang, I didn't know he was going to go like that. I mean, just shh. Seriously. You would not believe how many people the church is the last place they want to be. And here's why. Because you got your news source from the wrong person. You got your news source from some Christian who Christianity is just fire insurance. Come here and live holy. So you don't go to hell, hell, hell. Hell is hot. You laughing because you know that person. <laughs> a lot of people don't like when I say this because I don't know how to say it in a nice way. But if Christianity was all about avoiding hell and going to heaven, the second you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, wouldn't he just hit you by a bus? And I mean, that's not how you'd go. But <laughs> if it was all about heaven, he'd have taken you the second you prayed that prayer. Pray the prayer. All right, let's go. Because it's better there, huh? But could it be that we're preaching a message in church that's not preached by Jesus? When Jesus came, he didn't say, get saved so you don't go to hell. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. He said, I didn't hang on a cross for you to have insurance when you're 98. I hung on a cross so that you can have life and life more abundantly so that every gift, talent, and ability I've placed inside of you can be maximized. So that here on earth, when people look at your life, they can say, I know you, and I see your life, and you ain't that good. What's your secret? And you can say, it's not me, but it's the God. My source determines my destination. The second thing is just write this down. I was never walking alone. Any firstborns, firstborns, wave at me. Come on, flowers, Columbia. Okay, cool. Keep your hand up, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. Okay, great. We hate you. I just needed to know. I just needed to know who it is that I do not like. And secondborns, 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 secondborns. Come on. Okay, cool. We survived. Come on now. We survived. We survived parents that were trying to pay bills, ain't thinking nothing about us. And older siblings that thought we were their little test tube and they could do whatever they wanted to do on us. I have three kids, I think. I do. Three kids, three kids, three kids. Oldest, it's a lot of kids. Sometimes you'll be forgetting about them. Oldest is Zoe. She's five. Roman just turned four. He's four. And then Jay girl, she's, I don't know, babe, eight months, nine months. She's a few months. She ain't a year yet. <laughs> but Jade's problem is everybody in the house is walking. And, and like four weeks ago, she could barely sit up. She, she got that big head like her mama, so she keep tapping over. And anyway, <laughs> I'm going to have to stay on this platform all day because if I come down, I'm going to get beat down. Anyway, she just learned how to sit up like four weeks ago. And she is not, if she's awake, she is only happy if she's walking. She's like, Roman walks, Zoe walks, daddy walks, mommy walks. Walking is what we do. So she'll want to crawl. She doesn't know how to crawl. But she's literally like, huh, huh, 
<laughs> and I'll grab her by her two little hands, and you, you've seen it before. you got a little baby, and she's just... You're like, child, what are they putting in that milk? I mean, <laughs> and is convinced that she's walking. And I'm like, baby girl, only reason you're walking is because I'm holding you. I know you feel bad because, but the only reason why you're making progress because I'm holding you. Qu- question for you, question for you. I know, y'all, y'all, we family already, right? Y'all figured out I'm crazy, but I love Jesus, so we're going to be all right. Just, can we go down to, you know, imagination for a second? Can you just imagine something for me? Y'all, y'all do that? Yes? No? Okay, cool, 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 cool. They, they didn't really respond to BWI. Flower said, we with you. Okay, you ready? It's going to be a little extreme, but you're going to be all right. Imagine you did. Dag, Pastor, we got here fast. I mean, golly. It gets worse. You didn't just die, you got killed. You mean killed? No, killed is, it was painless. Killed? Oh, they messed you over. Like, no, you, you jacked. They were so cheap, they didn't even buy you your own tomb. They threw you in the neighbor's tomb. They will figure out what to do. Not only are you dead, not only they killed you, but you've been dead for three days. Now you killed the stinking dragon. And then you raise from the dead. You're back alive. Somebody says, okay, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. No, I'm dead serious. Think about this. You've been dead for three days. You got killed. You've been humiliated. You're back to life. You're back alive. You only have 40 days left on the earth before you go back to your father. Ready for the question? Who are you hanging out with? And don't be all churchy and spiritual and stuff. Like, for real, for real, who are you hanging out with? I don't know. I mean, the right answer is my kids. <laughs> I want to see them little buggers and my family. No, no, for real. Who are you hanging out with? I don't know who I would hang out with. Maybe that could be a trivia question you'll have over your lamb chops for lunch today. But can I tell you who I'm not hanging out with? Two deadbeat Kmart version deserting disciples. Why you say Kmart version? Because they were bootleg disciples. They weren't even the real ones. If you read your Bible, there were 12 disciples. Judas went, he he gone, so there's 11. And Cleopas was not one of the 11. He was not a part of Jesus' inner circle. Jesus comes back to life, shows himself to the women, goes to his father, and the only thing he could come up with, hey, how do I celebrate my resurrection? Let me go find two disciples that don't matter and would never make the Bible if I didn't go meet them, and let me walk seven miles in the wrong direction with them. Why? All to prove that he always has been, that he is, and he always will be the God of the detour. You've got to understand that you serve a God that will go out of his way, that will go in the wrong direction, just never to leave you. 
Read through scripture. He's the God that looked at Israel coming out of Egypt and said, I'm going to go on a long detour because if we go the short way, you'll face battle, you'll get scared, and you'll go back. So let's take a detour. We serve a God that in John chapter 4 said, I need to go to Galilee, but I must first take a detour to Samaria to meet a woman that had five husbands and the man that she was with wasn't even her husband because she gave up on marriage. But I got to take a detour to let her know that she still matters and I have a purpose and a plan and a destiny for her life. I'm the God that when I told Jonah to go preach my gospel and Jonah goes the opposite direction, I get me a little bit of a whale and I go on that deep. He is the God that will meet you wherever you find yourself. And hear me, God sent me today to let you know you have never been walking alone. Watch this. The Bible says that Jesus was walking with them and they did not recognize him. If Jesus in the flesh could be standing next to somebody and they not recognize him, don't you think Jesus could have been walking with you in your darkest day and you not even realize it? When you went through that trauma as a kid that you felt belonged to somebody five times your age. You had to grow up faster than anybody should have to grow up. He was right there with you. When you stood at that grave site and buried that loved one way too soon and had no vision for tomorrow because every goal that you had included them, and you felt more alone than anybody could ever imagine, he was right there next come on single mom single dad you've got the game so figured out as you're laughing with your kids and enjoying life they have no idea the tears that roll down your face at night when you're wondering how am I going to keep them on that football team how am I going to keep this roof over their head and you feel absolutely alone hear me your feelings are bad sources for news You may feel alone, but you've never been alone a day in your life. Come on, soldier. That you fought for our freedom. Went to countries that we can't even comprehend. Only to come back and to realize the greatest battle you ever fight is not in some desert somewhere else, but it's the battle in your mind. And it's a battle that you can never share with your wife or your kids. And you live with guilt every day wondering, why was I the one who made it back? You feel completely alone. This Easter is to remind you, you were never walking alone. You may not have recognized me, but I was there every step of the way. (laughs) If I have more time to preach... The the verse says that Jesus explained to them why what happened had to happen. Because they're like, if Jesus was here, he would have stopped it. He said, no, 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 no. I was working out something so much bigger than you could ever imagine. And all you can imagine is the pain that I went through. 
not even realizing because you went through that pain and overcame that pain, your family will never taste that pain again. Sometimes it's in our greatest disappointments that God reveals himself to us. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 13, he says this, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful. We think God only walks with us when we're walking to church, when we're living right. We're in the right place at the right time. Do you understand that even if you don't believe in him, he's never stopped believing in you? (laughs) Y'all know that family member that once you get saved or get right so bad that they're now angry at you? They're frustrated with you? They fed up with you? Why don't you just get it together? I feel that way sometimes. Why y'all just come on Easter for real though? (laughs) Do you know he walked seven miles with them and never got mad? I walked slow. I don't know how long it took them. Three hours. And he never said, where y'all going? Oh, this is how you're going to abandon me after I die for you? He walked and he listened. Last thing, write this down. Somebody say, my heart will burn again. Come on, say it one more time. Somebody say, my heart will burn again. So, Jesus plays games. Y'all don't, y'all don't know Jesus plays games. It's because you don't read your Bible, right? Trust me, Jesus plays games. They're walking with Jesus seven miles. Probably took them three hours. They finally get to the city that they were headed to that they weren't supposed to be at. The Bible says that Jesus pretends like he's going to keep walking. So this is not my destination. This is not where I'm going. I don't think it was Cleopas because he's still prideful. But Miss Cleo said, it's really late. Why don't you spend the night with us? And then you could go on to your destination in the morning. Still sad, still disappointed, still rejected. But this is the only human being in Jerusalem that's saying anything different than the dismal news I've heard all week long. And it says they asked him to stay. Do you know, God will do everything but break into your life. When he hung on the cross and he said, it is finished, he meant it. What he was really saying is, it's your turn. If you make the invitation for me to stay, I'll show you something you've never seen before. But if you let me keep going, I'll keep going. And it says this, it says as he stayed in verse 30, it says now it came to pass that that he sat at the table with them and they they brought out some food. Y'all, they went back home. There's no way they could have got food that fast. They didn't have to check in. They didn't have no luggage. They went home. So they bring food and he says, as they brought the food, he says, Jesus grabbed the bread. You got to understand how awkward this is. It wasn't his house. It wasn't his food. But he grabs the bread. The Bible says that he blesses it and then he broke it. 
You know the last time Jesus blessed and broke bread? When he sat at a table with his disciples and said, y'all, I'm about to die. But don't get discouraged because my death is going to bring you life. And every time you break this bread, I want you to remember that my body was broken so that you can be whole. I want you to remember that the pain that I went through is so that the pain that you experience never has to mark the destination of your life, but it can always be temporary. The Bible says as soon as he broke that bread, the Bible says their eyes were opened and they realized that he had been there the whole time. And in that second event, I love this last verse. Verse 32, they said to one another, he said, did our hearts not burn within us? While he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. Cleopas said, that's the most alive I've ever felt in my life. That's the first time I've felt in a long time. I have a simple question. When's the last time your heart burned? I'm I'm not asking you, when's the last time you had a good time? I'm not asking when the last time you laughed. I'm I'm not asking when the last time you had a goal that you went after. Because if you've had goals, you realize that the fun in the goal is when you're chasing it. But when you get there, you realize this is it. No, when's the last time your heart burned? And you realize, I know why I'm alive. I know what I was made for. I know the direction that he's pointing me in. Real talk. I've been praying all week. I've been fasting all week for this one moment. Because I'm praying for me and for you. That once again, our hearts would burn again. That we would see Jesus in a way that makes us feel alive. Honestly, for some of us, for the first time. Today, we're going to end this service a little bit differently than we normally do. And if I can get my host and ushers with their track suits on, ready to run, can you do me a favor? Can you grab that connection card that you received on the way in the door? And I need everybody and a mama to grab it. Last service tried to play me and nobody grabbed it. So I made them lift it in the air and wave it like they didn't care. And y'all looking like y'all going to make me do the same thing. So can you grab that? If you don't have one, just wave your hand and an usher will literally come running. Come on, come on. We got hands everywhere, hands everywhere, hands everywhere. If I can get y'all to move as fast as we can, because clearly the preacher preached too long and the next service is coming. you don't have one, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. If you're on a dream team, grab a card. If you're on a connect group team, grab a card. If you are on staff, grab a card. Every single person in the room. Come on, we have a couple up front, couple up front. We need a couple up front here. Boom, 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 boom. Let's not pass them out one by one. Let's take a stack of seven and just throw them down the road. If you don't need it, drop it under your seat. The next service will grab it. If they say my message went too long, just know it wasn't me. It was the cards. I, 
I finished when the clock said negative 12. All right, more cards are coming. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. There's one back here, one right up here up front, one right up here up front. All right. This is so good. How do you pass out cards and keep it reverent at the same time? You put Sean on keys, and clearly it's just... This card, we do it every Easter. And the whole goal of this card, somebody say spiritual survey. And we have one right here in the back uh, on this row here. I'm sure Columbia, Baltimore County, BWI, Flowers. And every Easter, we take a spiritual survey and you say, why do you do it on Easter? Because that's the Sunday y'all come to church. So, And on the front, your basic information, name, address. Some of y'all have moved four times. You never told us. Tell us. On the back, it asks, what do you want me to hear a message about? Can I tell you what the worst message you ever preached or heard is? A message that answers a question that nobody's asking. <laughs> but what I want to do, if you could not fill anything else out, just grab the card. Look at you overachievers. Just kind of look up at me. Grab the card. Look up at me. There's, there's number three on that card. And what number three is, is it's a spiritual survey. And I'll say the spiritual survey this way. It's really asking what direction is your life headed in? Is it headed to Emmaus? Or is it headed to above and beyond all that I could ever ask, think, or imagine? And what I'm asking today is that you would just identify where are you with Jesus? There's four categories under A. It's A, B, C, or D. A says this, it says, I'm already in a real relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you what that means? It means, Pastor, my heart is burning. That doesn't mean I'm waiting to die so I could go to heaven. It means I'm living right now and I'm running after all that God has for me. If that's you, A. B is this, Pastor, my heart hasn't burned in a long time. Pastor, I want to know Jesus the way that you're talking about Jesus. That's where you find yourself indicate B. C, C, C says this. C says, I'm still on the road to Emmaus. I need a little bit more information. Hear me. You're not at a place where your heart is burning for Christ. And you're like, I need a little bit more information. Can I ask you to do two things? One, come back next week. And two, don't feel bad that you don't believe what we believe. Union Church is a place where you can belong before you believe. And if Jesus didn't rush those disciples on that seven-mile journey, we're not going to rush you here. Here's what I will say. If you keep coming back, you keep hearing Jesus explaining the scriptures to you, you're going to look back and you're going to say, did my heart not burn? As Jesus revealed himself to me. The last one is D. Pastor, what's D? D is a dangerous one, but D is for a few people. D is, if you say, I don't ever intend on giving my life to Jesus. If, if you're bold enough to, to indicate D, indicate D. I'll be honest with you, every year we get about four or five people who say, D, I, I'm never giving my life to Jesus. Why would you put that on the card? Because I want to know, because if you indicate D, 
going to pray for you. Every Easter, we pray over all the cards, but the ones that indicate D, they come right to my desk. Monday morning, they're going to be on my desk. And I'm going to pray for you. If you don't want me to pray for you, don't indicate D. But if you indicate D, I'm going to pray for you. And here's what happens every Easter. Every Easter, somebody indicates B, I'm giving my life to Christ. And they write a little note on the bottom that says, Pastor, last year was, I was a D. I never intended on making this decision, but I came back. And God proved himself real to me. I'll give you just a few seconds if you could just indicate on that car A, B, C, or D. And then when you're done at every location, if you could just bow your head and that's just letting me know, Pastor, I'm done. And we're going to pray and go eat peeps and find some Easter eggs. As we close out in prayer, I want to spend just a second praying with those of you that indicated B on that card and said, hey, maybe you're like me and you grew up in church and you believe in God, but you can't say that your heart is burdened for God. Maybe (laughs) this whole church thing is new to you and it's not what you heard, it's not what you expected, but you say, hey, I want to know Jesus the way you're talking about. If that's you, I'm not going to have you come up or stand up front or walk the aisle. It's not that type of church. But you can invite Jesus to your dinner table this very second. Right where you're sitting, can you pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for walking with me. I didn't even realize you were there. But thank you. Thank you for hanging on that cross and giving up your life for me, for for my sin, for my mistakes. Thank you for your forgiveness. Because you live, I can live. So today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Hey, can you celebrate for every single person that just made the greatest? Y'all, that's a golf clap. Can you act like people just made the greatest decision ever?